Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up episode for episode March 29th, 2018, which uh, I will, you'll notice most of you obviously have already listened to the episode. I'm going to change the episode number to be able to be easily found later. Uh, So I will make it episode 256 with that title. Um, The reason that there was no episode number before the title was because I didn't want to give away the surprise. I didn't want to spoil uh, the information about Ed being released in that episode. So that's why we didn't do that, but we are going to do it later. Uh, and uh, this week we are really, really pressed for time. We've got a lot to cover. It's already late in the week and Mike is stressed uh, about getting this done by the end of the day. So let's go ahead and let's take a quick break here. Let's do our first ad and then we'll get right into the content. All right, Bob, let's do this. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is offering our listeners $30 off of your first delivery. When it comes to dinner, let Blue Apron take care of the planning and shopping while you do the cooking and the eating. You'll enjoy delicious meals like popcorn chicken with sweet chili cabbage slaw, cumin spice wonton noodles with vegetables and peanuts, on the table in 30 minutes or less. With incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. I absolutely love Blue Apron's recipes. Last night I made seared steak and mushroom sauce with mashed potatoes and broccoli. Another meal that I wouldn't have been able to make without Blue Apron. Blue Apron delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door that can be cooked in under 45 minutes. The menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by Blue Apron's in-house culinary team. And I think, Mike, you can attest to the fact that you never get the same recipe twice. You've been eating Blue Apron for a couple of years now. That's exactly right. Everything is always new and fresh, and I love it. And it's a great way to have a lot of variety in your weekly meals. Plus, Blue Apron is flexible. They offer 12 new recipes each week, and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what best fits their schedule. And Blue Apron sends only non-GMO ingredients and meat with no added hormones. Blue Apron is a great way to get families back to the dinner table, having meals together where you can talk about your day. It's a lot cheaper to cook home-cooked meals with Blue Apron than it is to go out to fast food or out to eat. And again, with the variety and the uniqueness of all the recipes, you really just can't go wrong with Blue Apron. 
So check out this week's menu and get your first $30 off at blueapron.com slash truth. That's blueapron.com slash truth to get $30 off your first order. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, Bob, let's get started. Our first question comes from Julie. Julie says, why does Ed Eights have to wait 90 days before he can be released from prison? That's a really good question, and it has to do with the Texas parole process. Uh, and it's actually a good thing. So being confined in prison for a long period of time, uh, really, it, it, it takes away the skill set that you need to survive in everyday life. I mean, in Ed's case, for 19 years now, he's he hasn't bought clothes, been to a grocery store, uh, used an ATM card or a credit card, just being around family, having the freedom to do what he wants when he wants to do. That's all new to him. And so uh, the, the process in Texas, instead of just saying you're released and sending you out the front door, is they, they have a, a transition process to prepare you to reenter the world. And there are several different uh, programs that they have based on the need that they see for you. So uh, I've talked to Ed before about this, and he had said you, know, you get paroled and you still end up, you know, nine months or a year, a year and a half before you actually get to go home. Uh, but in Ed's case, the parole board deemed that he needed the shortest amount of time possible. So the shortest period of time is three months or 90 days. There's a six month program, a nine month program, a 12 month program and an 18 month program. In Ed's case, because he still has the relationship that he has with his wife and kids, I think that played real heavily into the fact that he only has to go to the shortest period of time, which is 90 days, because he already has a bond. He's going back into a home with his family, and that's something that most people that who have been in prison for 19, 20 years, they don't have that. You know, Most of the time, uh, the families have moved on, a lot of times maybe believing in their guilt or something you know, along those lines, so... Ed, Ed is really blessed to still have uh, a loving and adoring wife and two kids that, you know, all wrote letters to the parole board saying, you know, Zach wrote an incredible letter. I'd love to share it, but I don't want to I don't want to break Zach's trust in, in doing that. And I haven't talked to him about about, you know, allowing me to do that. But Zach wrote an amazing letter to the parole board uh, saying, you know, he's never had his dad in his life. But uh, if he was to get paroled, that his dad could actually be there for his graduation. And I, I think that probably played a big effect in the decision. Okay, and Lindsay wants to know, how can we donate money to Ed and the family to aid in his transition? Okay, that is a great question, and it's something we've been working on throughout the course of this week. And I do want to give a huge shout out to listener Danielle Rohr. You guys have heard her name before. She's done a lot of work with publicity in the Season 4 case, George Powell's case. Danielle took it upon herself to set up a fund uh, to, to help with this transition. Uh, and unfortunately, I had already been working on one, and, and Danielle and I were working together trying to get that transferred over. Uh, to us so that we can manage it just just basically out of transparency for us you know we're dealing with other people's money for someone else want to make sure everything is above board uh, we did uh, eventually get that in the process of being transferred she had already raised I think $190 or something like that um, but this is what we're going to do that money will get rolled over into the account that uh, that we started and and part of the reason we're using our account is just because the URL is easier to remember uh, so what, what we've done is we have created a GoFundMe for Ed and his family to assist in the transition. And the, the URL is GoFundMe.com slash Ed Home. That's GoFundMe.com slash Ed Home. And uh, there will be links pinned to the top of our Facebook page. We'll get it out on Twitter. 
Uh, it's also Katie Ross that does our website. He's going to get it up on our website. So you can go to any of those places and link to it, or you can just go to GoFundMe.com slash Ed Home. I set a goal of $5,000 uh, for Ed's transition, and you know we're, we're going to give him whatever support we can. I would love to see that number go greater than that. Go, you know, GoFundMe will let you exceed it. Um, or even if we don't quite get there, whatever it is. So remember, when Ed goes home, he has nothing. His family has nothing. And uh, in, in our conversation with Kim last week, you know, she was talking about, I want to go to Target and start buying stuff. I'm just so excited. And when you really get to thinking about it, I mean, Ed doesn't have a single stitch of clothing, doesn't have a pair of shoes, doesn't have a car, uh, doesn't, you know, he has to go get a driver's license, doesn't have a job. And so that's a big expense to take in a new family member with nothing. I mean, it's like it's like bringing in a newborn baby, except for they're six foot seven and 280 pounds, you know. Uh, And so there's a lot of expense. And what we don't want to happen, I don't want to happen, is for Kim and Kyra and Zachary to having to have to be focused on uh, the financial obligations that come along with this. I don't want them worrying about how they're going to pay for these things. So I would love if our listeners who played such a huge part in Ed's release, uh, if you guys would consider contributing any amount, whatever the smallest amount on GoFundMe is, I think it's a couple of dollars. Um, you know, there's a lot of you listening. And of course, if you can afford it, larger donations. Um, I'm personally going to match the first thousand dollars that goes into that account. I will I will personally match that uh, just like we did with the DNA testing, uh, because I want them to have that transition. I want when Ed comes out of prison. For Kim to have a wardrobe laid out for him, uh, a vehicle for him to drive, whatever it takes. And what would be really nice is if there's enough in that GoFundMe account that when Ed gets home and and all the the excitement kind of settles down, that maybe Ed and his family might be able to go on a vacation for the first time ever. Remember, Ed went to prison when Kyra was two and Kim was still pregnant with Zachary. Zachary has never had his dad at home. Uh, so how cool would it be if we're able to fund for them to be able to, you know, maybe go on a little vacation? But please consider donating. GoFundMe.com slash Ed Home. Uh, you can hit pause right now and get on your smartphone. Go to GoFundMe.com slash Ed Home. Make a quick donation and then come right back to the show. Nice. Yeah, that was good. All right. And Natalie wanted to know, can we send a thank you letter to Ed's parole lawyer, Roger Nichols? Absolutely. And please do. Roger played such a huge part in this. And there there were so many moving parts. You know, uh, Roger took the ball across the finish line. Roger was involved because Allison was determined to get Ed home, knew that she didn't have the skill set to take on that parole board, but she knew a guy who did and she wouldn't take no for an answer. And Roger, again, just decided to at his own expense to go ahead and represent Ed for free. Uh, and, and got us across that line. So, yeah, if you want to send a thank you note or anything to to Roger Nichols, you can do so. His mailing address is Roger Nichols, 7000 North Mopac Expressway. That's Mopac, M-O-P-A-C, Expressway, Suite 200, and that's in Austin, Texas, 78731. Again, that's Roger Nichols at 7000 North Mopac Expressway, Sweet 200, Austin, Texas, 78731. Also, you could always reach out to Roger through email, which is probably how most of you will do that at rogernichols at parolelawfirm.com. That's rogernichols at parolelawfirm.com. And again, Roger has my deepest and sincerest thank you for the work that he did for Ed. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This next one's from She Invader, and I hope I'm saying that right. So just curious, did Bingham and Dobbs actually help you as promised, or did you just decide to take a different route? Or will they get their chance to right their wrong at a later date? I believe that they have kept their promise. Um, you know, it, for those of you that have followed us for a long time, you know that we've had a pretty bumpy road with Smith County. Uh, I'm pretty sure Matt Bingham probably still doesn't like me. I think, I think Dobbs and I have, have kind of mended that fence. You know, we, we were able to sit down face to face and hash some things out. Um, but no, I mean, Ed's case has, has been reopened. You know, uh, Allison filed the motion for DNA testing, uh, as a, as a joint motion with Bingham. So he has come through and said, yeah, I mean, remember he doesn't have to even consider any of this. Ed's case is dead. Uh, but it, so it's not like we're presenting evidence. We're saying we want to look for more evidence and, and he has come through. He has allowed that to happen. He has supported it. I think he's even paid for some of it, uh, maybe even offered to pay for all of it. But so, so yeah, I think that, I think they're coming through and also keep in mind that a big thing that can hold up parole is a prosecutor telling the parole board not to let that guy go. Now, I, I don't know what Bingham or Dobbs involvement, if any, in the parole process was. Uh, but I do know that in many cases, a, a prosecuting attorney, former or current, can really have a lot of weight with the parole board. Uh, so I, I have to believe that they didn't oppose it. Uh, so, yeah, I, and, and this is just the beginning, as we said on the, the episode this week. We are still fighting for Ed's actual innocence. We still have, um, as far as I know, Bingham support. David Dobbs, I think, helped make that happen. He uh, he he reached out to Matt or told me that he would and and let him just just to let him know i think that he was in support of us trying to find the truth here uh however wherever the chips may lie so um no i i have no issues as as bad as things have been in the past i have no issues what's going on in smith county right now because dobbs told me that he was going to talk to bingham and they weren't going to fight him on this bingham told allison that he would allow the dna testing to happen he has come through with that uh, and we're still awaiting some results but so yeah i guess the answer to the question is they still have the opportunity to right the wrong, and, and they're certainly posing no uh, objections to what's being done uh, for Ed right now. Okay, and Lauren says, does the fact that the process with Ed happened so fast mean good things for his claim of actual innocence? For example, could the parole board think he is not guilty? I believe that the parole board believes that he's not guilty, or at least that there is some doubt. So it's, it's typically a rubber stamp denial. If if uh, if an offender will not uh, admit guilt and show remorse, because remember, the process of parole is based on rehabilitation. You know, so you've been here for 19 years. Have you seen the error in your ways and you're rehabilitated? And we believe that you won't commit another offense like this again. 
in in an Ed's case, they can't say that because you know Ed's had I think two three year set offs where he his paroles come up and they do a questionnaire and he says you know you know do you feel remorse for what you did and he says I didn't do it and it's just rubber stamp no and Roger was able to like he said kind of stop the assembly line and force them to kind of take a look at it uh, present the case and it's it, it it speaks volumes that Roger said for the first time in his 27 year career for the very first time ever went before the parole board and told them that they're looking at an innocent man and they released him and, and, and they released him in, in like 48 hours. Okay. So I know you touched on this just a little bit earlier, but can we get any update on Ed's DNA testing? Not much of an update. Uh, Allison hasn't been able to really share what's going on. I know that the, the samples had been sent to the lab uh, and they're being tested but I don't know what the results are yet. So I'm, I'm, I think we're expecting results soon, but I, I don't really have any updates that I can give you. Also, have you spoken to Ed? And when will the listeners be able to hear from him again? It's a good question. One of the reasons that we're recording this episode so late in the week is because we've been waiting to talk to Ed. Uh, and it's killing me. In fact, I was talking to Allison last night, uh, and we're both just saying it just feels, it's like sell, it's like having a party without the guest of honor. Um, cause she hasn't heard from him either. Kim did get to go visit Ed on Saturday and he said he's just over the moon, excited and happy. The prison is still on lockdown. Ed thought the lockdown would be over, uh, yesterday, which was Wednesday. Uh, and so we were hoping to hear from him yesterday. We have not. Kim hasn't heard from him either. Neither has Allison. So right now we're still waiting. Uh, so Ed does know, we do know that he does now know what happened. Uh, but we haven't heard from him. And that's also the reason why the video you can see, our, my phone is still connected to the soundboard. It's because we're we're hoping, Ed usually calls me around noon when he does call. So we're hoping that mid-recording here that that call might come in. So we'll see if that happens. Fingers crossed. Jennifer says, since all this has happened with Ed, does this mean there might be a sliver of hope for Kenny Snow? There is ex exactly a sliver of hope for Kenny Snow, I guess is the best way to describe it. It's very sad, um, Kenny's case. So let me back up a little bit, because one thing that I want to make, make crystal clear here is the only reason that we know about Ed's case, that we were able to tackle it and, and get this result, was because of Kenny Snow. Um, Kenny, there, there's no denying that Kenny did some things that... that that none of us agree with uh, when he falsely testified against Ed. But all that being said, Kenny has done his best to try to right that wrong. You know, he, he wrote an affidavit in 2010 uh, telling the court that he had lied uh, under oath. He told me that he told me to reach out to Ed uh, because of his false testimony. And, and I did. And that led us to where we are today. Um, so, you know, Kenny... Kenny just holds a, a special place in my heart because of that. And also, I want to remind you all, if you go back to, if you want to listen to a, have a really interesting throwback, uh, go listen to episode 201. Uh, 201 was our first episode we ever did after covering the Anansi Ed case, and that was about Kenny. And uh, in, in that episode, you hear me mention Ed as Ed Atez, Edward Atez. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, because I, yeah, I was reading it, and I, for some reason I thought it was a Hispanic name. No idea who this guy was. Um, but but this all started with a woman from Ohio named Spinesha Rains, uh, and that is Kenny Snow's niece. Uh, she's the one that reached out in an email, asked me to take Kenny's case, uh, and, and, and led us to where we are today. And she still has followed along on the podcast and has been active on social media. Uh, it, it just... 
it's just really whatever higher power you believe in, if you believe in one, uh, none of this, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, we're here now because a young woman in, in, in Ohio emailed about her uncle's case. We talked to her uncle. We start working his case. Uh, and then he points us to Ed's case. We get to Ed. And then here we are two years later. And Ed's about to walk out of prison. Uh, having been sentenced to life for 99 years for a murder that he didn't commit. As far as Kenny's case goes, it's, I can't lie to you. It's grim. It's extremely grim. Um, and to be honest, if I knew then what I know now about how the criminal justice system works and how post-conviction relief works, I probably would have never taken Kenny's case because it was nearly an impossible case to begin with, which, you know, so was Ed's. But Kenny's in a different way. Uh, you know, Kenny confessed, pled guilty, uh, took a deal. Uh, that is a huge hurdle to get over. It's almost unheard of for that to get overturned. Although I believe his confession was a, a coerced false confession. He was trying to protect his girlfriend. But nonetheless, that's a hard hurdle to get over. Um, and, and then so we start, there, there's nothing there. And there was no trial. So there's not a bunch of evidence. You know, the, the DNA evidence had already been destroyed uh, by Smith County long before any of this came up, you know, back in 2001. So there wasn't much there, uh, but, but we did have a potential actual innocence claim in the fact that when, when, when I tracked down Bill Cole, the victim in, in that case, when he told me that, you know, the, the person that robbed him didn't have a gold tooth, that was huge. And, and my naivety back then believed that there it is. We've got a we got a victim saying the guy didn't have a gold tooth. Case closed. Kenny's going home. Uh, but as you guys know, it the the process is far more complicated than that. Uh, and then and then even more so when we found out that, that Bill Cole said that he had never been to court, and yet someone named Bill Cole actually did appear in court and testify at the sentencing hearing. It, it appears that there could have been an imposter, Bill Cole. So there's 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 all this. They, that was our in. That was the one chance we had. And then as those of you that, that followed that case know, tragically, Bill Cole had a massive stroke, um, completely incapacitated, and he can't speak. Um, brain functioning is, is, is almost nothing, and that was a year ago. Um, there was no expectation from his, what his daughter told me that he would recover. And since then, you know, I've kind of, you know, Susan Schoon, who was a listener of the show, an attorney in Texas, took Kenny's case for free and has been working on it to try to help him out. She is working some new angles. She told me about last night. She's trying like hell to find a path, but there's no clear path to Kenny's exoneration or to have his conviction vacated. And even if they just ordered a new trial, then they would take him to trial and play his confession and he could get locked up even longer. Um, so it's, it's grim. It really is. Um, but the update I can give you from Susan is that she has not given up. She is working some new angles. She told me about them and, um, there's some potential there, but it's nothing I would get too excited about. Um, but with with Bill, I, I suspect Bill may have passed away from what I can tell so far. I can't confirm that or deny it. Uh, but it just it just looks really grim for Kenny. And, and it breaks my heart. He was the first case that we took on. Um, and again, he's the reason that Ed Aids is now walking free as he's the one that pointed us in that direction. So Kenny has all all the well wishes in the world from me and I know from a lot of you. We're not going to give up on his case, but there's just, man, there's a lot of dead ends there. Uh, and, and there doesn't really seem to be an opening. You know, we even had, Kenny had pointed out some case law. 
that pointed out that found a person that was had their conviction overturned based on an illegal sentence. So Texas state law says that a jury cannot impose probation to a habitual offender. And Kenny's plea deal was that he would get a, uh, deferred adjudication probation. Uh, the problem is in his case, we thought we had something there. Maybe on a technicality, we could get him a new trial because uh, he never actually had a trial. But in his case, a jury didn't impose a sentence. A judge did. And there's nothing from my understanding in the case law uh, or in Texas state law that says a judge can't, just that a jury can't uh, do it. So we kind of hit another dead end there. But, um, you know, feel free to reach out through JPay on our website, the mailing address. Love for you guys to send Kenny some cards of support or anything like that. But um, I'll update you when there is an update. I know a lot of people keep asking, but there, there's just not updates other than, than Susan Schoon just, just in the midst of trying to work her other cases, uh, working behind the scenes on this case for free and just and just scratching and clawing, trying to find something. And, and so far, nothing's broken in the case. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So Katie says, listening to episode 329.18, and I just need to say that while I understand and appreciate the work and reason for doing the West Memphis 3 case, my quote, favorite cases and episodes are Jesse's, Kenny's, and Ed's. So can you tell us why you picked a larger case like the West Memphis 3 instead of something smaller like Ed's case? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. I absolutely prefer uh, the smaller, lesser-known cases as well. And I've said it on the podcast before that one of the reasons is these are people that no one's ever heard of. Ed would still be in prison for the rest of his life if it weren't for all of you participating in his case, drawing attention to it. Uh, so, so I love bringing that attention to an injustice that no one's ever heard of. And I want to help people that don't have any fight for themselves. There's nothing they can do for themselves. Uh, in the West Memphis three case certainly is off brand, so to speak, because it is a very high profile case. And, and, you know, there's been people are like, Oh, you're trying to do a case that's more popular for, I don't think they understand how the business works when they say you're trying to make more money because it has zero effect on, on that. Um, I took the West Memphis three case because to be quite honest, I, I felt led to do so when I was studying the case as I, I study wrongful conviction cases so I can learn uh, patterns and how these things happen. It occurred to me that no one has ever told the story of the victims, and I felt that there was still never any justice in this case, and also furthermore felt that once the West Memphis Three were released, that there was never going to be any justice, that everybody kind of walked away from it. There was the big push to get them out of prison, which was awesome, but then they're out, and, and, and then the case is dropped. And so I wanted to tell the story of Christopher, Michael, and Stevie, 
I wanted to seek justice for them. And and where I'm at right now is I, I believe that the West Memphis Three are innocent, and they've never received justice, if I'm right about that. And so that's why I decided to take the case. Believe me, it's no cakewalk. It's no fun. Uh, and, and you can recall, Mike, and, and Shane, I'm sure, is listening to this too. Before we started the season, I told them, prepare for a shitstorm. It's going to suck. I, I think my exact words were, this case is going to suck. And and I and I don't think either of you were too terribly excited about doing it, uh, but I was I was insistent because I I want to see justice served here. I want to see the truth come out, and I, I believe that we have a potential. The whole thing for me was to let's see for a case that's been picked over by so many. Let's see what happens if we can engage the the quote truth and justice army. Get hundreds of thousands of people all to put eyes on it in real time and give it a new look and a new investigation and see if we can finally put this case to bed. Uh, and so that's why I decided to take it. It's it's not fun. I mean, imagine going on the air every week and broadcasting to hundreds of thousands of people knowing that thousands of those people know more about the case than you do and are very vocal about that on social media. I, I literally know every single episode. When we publish it, when we're done and, and Mike's going into edit and Shane's doing the music and sound engineering, I'll think, man, that was a great episode. We've got some new revelations here. And come Sunday morning, I'm going to get attacked, you know, no matter what I say, by one side or the other. And there's more than two sides. There's a, there's a several. I'm going to get attacked. But that's uh, it just comes with the territory. And uh, I guess that's a long answer. But that's But that's the reason why. I just feel like justice was never served in this case. And the the victims had been forgotten. And I know not by everyone. There are certainly people that uh, have never forgotten them and have worked you know, on, the, on, on a lot of discussion boards and things trying to seek justice. But uh, for the overwhelming majority of people in the in the country that followed the case, the victims were forgotten about. And so we're going to we're, we're going to continue on giving her hell and see if we can come to some sort of conclusion. And I can promise you that it'll be a while before we do another high profile case. I won't say never, but. You can't imagine how, and I don't mean to have a pity party, but you can't imagine how mentally and emotionally exhausting covering a case like this is. It's 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 awful. It really is. And so so after this one's over, I think we're going to go back to probably to some cases that you guys have never heard of before. Okay, let's talk about the Anansi Ed ruling, uh, which we all found out that it was being upheld on the same day we learned Ed was getting paroled. For people who aren't familiar with his case or the criminal justice system, what does this really mean for Adnan? Well, for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, in February of 2016, Adnan had a post-conviction relief hearing that lasted over a week uh, in Baltimore. Uh, and, and there was two key points that were being presented there, both having to do with ineffective assistance of counsel and the fact that Christina Gutierrez never contacted alibi witness Asia McLean, and then also that she didn't properly cross-examine the cell phone expert and allowed uh, the the prosecution to use incoming calls on the on the call log for location data, which you know Susan Simpson found the fax cover sheet that said that it could not have been used for that. Though there's also a Brady violation there. Uh, in June of that year, end of June, early July, uh, we received a ruling that the conviction was vacated uh, based on. Uh, the cell phone evidence, and the judge denied the claim on uh, Asia McLean, not because they didn't find her credible, but basically the the ruling said, and you can go online and read it, the summary of it was 
Jay's stories are so ridiculous and unbelievable that he can't imagine, excuse me, that the judge said that he can't imagine that Asia's alibi would have made any difference. Meaning that he just he just thought that the case was so gobbled up and Jay's stories changed so much and it was just such a ridiculous mess that saying that Asia says that she saw him or Asia being on the stand and saying that she saw him at the library until 2.40, he doesn't think would have made a difference. So the state then appealed that to uh, COSA, I think, the, the Court of Special Appeals. I'm trying to remember the name of the particular higher court. Um, to review it. And then Justin Brown, thankfully, cross-appealed. So the state appealed on the cell phone evidence, uh, saying that you know that, that was a, a false decision by uh, by the judge, and that should be overturned. Justin Brown, Ednon's attorney, cross-appealed on the Asia issue, making the case again that that should have been considered to overturn the conviction. And what happened with the higher court is they actually upheld the fact that the conviction was overturned, but they flip-flopped it. So the higher court ruled that that the failure to contact Asia was, in fact, ineffective assistance of counsel and should grant Anand Syed a new trial. However, the failure to cross-examine the cell phone expert wasn't enough, and they overturned that one. So they flip-flopped. So the the fact that the conviction is thrown out still stands, and, and the best thing to do is go to the Undisclosed podcast and listen to Colin, Susan, and Robbie break this down because they know it better than me, and they'll do a much better job. But this is kind of my understanding from layman's terms. So what's happened is Adnan's conviction is still overturned. It's still vacated. But now the state could still appeal that decision up to the Maryland Supreme Court. And this particular appeal took two years almost, so it could be another few years before we hear back. Or they can, what Justin Browd has pled with them to do uh, in his press conferences, Let's just put an end to this. If you think that you have the right guy, take him back to trial. Take him back to trial, and let's fight this out in court and, and be done with it. Uh, I have extreme doubts that that would ever happen. I think the state probably will appeal. Uh, and then Justin, again, will cross-appeal, probably again on the cell phone records. And then we could be waiting another few years. In the meantime, Anon is eligible to apply for bail again. Uh, because of the change in the ruling, from what I understood, uh, from what Justin Brown was explaining on Twitter, uh, that because of that, or it might have been Colin Miller, because of that, he can apply for bail again. He was denied after the conviction was thrown out the last time, because where Anand sits right now is in a pretrial state. Uh, so they could even move him back to the county jail um, to to await a, a new trial that, in my opinion, will never happen. So. Uh, Anand's case is not over. There's a lot more. Uh, this was another huge victory, but there's a lot more to go. Um, and the hope is that the state will finally let this let this go on and either drop the charges or try him again. Okay, and Heather has two questions on this. First, if the case goes back to trial, is it possible that the defense has shown some of its cards based on the information released in Serial, Undisclosed, and Truth and Justice? And second, is any of the information discovered through those podcast investigations admissible? To the first point, yeah, they, they've showed their cards, but it's not a secret. The defense here is not trying to play the games that the prosecution played. They're not trying to play hide the ball and try to surprise the prosecution at trial. The defense believes that Anand Syed is innocent. They believe they have the evidence to prove that he's innocent. And so they don't care if the prosecution knows that. Certainly that will help the prosecution with their strategy, but you can't. That's the best they could do is argue against facts. As far as the information that was uncovered 
uh, on on our podcast and Undisclosed and Serial. Yeah, that would be admissible in a way. They're not just going to take anybody's word for it, but the discoveries made. I, I know my, I personally have met with uh, Justin Brown and Anon's new legal team uh, to go over some of the evidence that uh, that we've uncovered on this podcast, uh, and and that's kind of why we stopped covering it on the podcast because it's it's things they're developing for trial strategy. Um, so yeah, a lot of that could be admissible, but again, I will be. I would bet a paycheck that. There won't be a new trial. There's not. Jay already was completely incredible with with his with his seven different versions of his story, uh, and then and then after the trial, he goes and interviews the Intercept and changes the story completely again. We now have the medical evidence. It was never looked into by an expert back then with the lividity that would seem to prove that Hayes' body was not buried at seven o'clock, uh, as as Jay had said that it had been. Uh, I, I just don't see Jay testifying again. The cell phone evidence was was blown out of the water. Uh, it, you know, it may not it may not have resulted in the conviction being overturned now with the, with the higher court. But the fact of the matter is that they absolutely cannot use those incoming calls for location data. It would never meet up to the Fry standard. It wouldn't even be allowed in as evidence, proven very well by Justin Brown in the hearing when the state's expert went through this whole explanation about how you can use incoming calls for location. And then Justin presented the call log and said, well, here's an incoming call that says that it pinged a tower in DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. And then here's another call, I think it was 30 minutes later, that pinged a tower on, on in Baltimore. And it's a 45-minute drive on a good day. Has no, There's no way that Anand was anywhere near Washington, D.C. And, so, and that was where the whole joke about the helicopter came in, like, if incoming calls are reliable, then did Anand Syed have a helicopter? Because how did he get from there to there in that short period of time? It's impossible, proving that they, in fact, are unreliable incoming calls. And Mike, I know that you have a few more questions. I think that the the rest of the questions have to do with our current case. Yeah, they do. Okay, so let, let's go ahead, because we um, we're way short on time right now. It's, it's already well into the afternoon. we got to get this edited music put in and published yet today. Um, so, Mike, let's save the questions about this this case, about the West Memphis 3 case for next week. And I think this is a good time to go ahead and conclude the episode. Um, and so thank all of you for for listening and for submitting your questions. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, each and every one of you that have, that have helped make all of this possible. And I'm referring to the fact that Ed is finally going home to his family. Truth and Justice is a production of NBI Studios. Michael Bussing is your executive producer, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. I want to thank Amanda Meyer of Willow Photo and Designs for designing and creating our Friday follow-up logo. And a special thanks to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website. And also a big thank you to our transcription team, Sarah Mueller, Anna Dindorf, Britta Bliss, and Stephanie McConnell. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. 
On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $1 a month. And we also have reward levels on the Patreon page that include access to the behind-the-scenes videos of the taping of our Friday follow-up episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. But the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. And for all of you tweeters, you can follow along on Twitter at truthjusticepod. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on the case. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. Okay, this next one's from Shine Vitar. Wait, oh man, that's going to be fun to say. Okay, this next one's from Shine Vater. No, that's, that's how it's spelled. Yeah, Shine Vader. Man. She she invader. I'm gonna say she invader. Thirty minutes, Mike. We'll be done in thirty minutes, right, people? We'll be done in thirty minutes. Talk to Allison. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe answer your question. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. They don't you know, they know who, they know Skip's Skip. your dog. We don't say my dog Skip. My you know? dog Skip. Yeah, Skip slips along. They know who Skip is. It's just really you want me to comment on how good of a night's rest my dog gets skip sleeps on his every night and he's never complained once that's funny that's hilarious i'm gonna steal that one yeah right to your door in a small how did they do that size box they roll them that's that's how they do it they do they roll and compress them (laughs) thanks for clearing that up yeah (laughs) roll them up people that's how they do it they really are amazing thinking about buying a mattress get you gasper it's the most comfortable sleep i've ever had that sucks. It does suck. Why do you keep making me talk, man? <laughs> like I did. I already said my bit in the ad four minutes back. No, that was about Skip. I don't sleep four minutes ago. I don't. This s- ad is taking forever. <laughs> I don't sleep in a gas where you do, and we have to give our personal experience. Right, just the right balance, just the right sink, just sink, yeah. just, the right, just the right balance. How come I say really corny stuff and it sucks, and then you say really corny stuff and it's awesome? Because mine's better. They know. My Casper mattress is my is my favorite place to be. Please, God, put an end to this <laughs> nightmare. Right. It's one <laughs> sentence. All right. This is bad. Today's episode is also sponsored in part by True Religion. Did you guys hear that radio voice? I'm so good at my job. You're such a bragger. <laughs> Five or six pairs of True Religion jeans. And they're all I ever wear. <laughs> I've got a weird body shape, you know? I've got giant muscles and a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. It's radio. They know. Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and they have true fit for all shapes from size 23 to 38. You know, so now they know that I'm at least, you know, <laughs> the listener knows. But I at least don't have oversized 38 jeans, right, you know? Right. You know. <laughs> 38s, though, I'm right on the edge. I do wear 38s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right up there. Oh, wow. Mike's wears 24s. I don't wear... Like a little lady. That was insulting to everybody. <laughs> was, 70% of your listenership. Not... 
It's not insulting. You guys aren't insulted. <laughs> you know, really. <laughs> I, I, it's just, I can't. Why would you? <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It's funny that you said that. It's funny. Awful. Asshole. You use the word awful. It is awful. It is, it is. Yeah. Let me, let me put a button on that so we can move on. It's awful. <laughs> it's just, I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So um, we're now uh, we're now hiring uh, the position of executive <laughs> producer. <laughs> With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards found them. Software engineers found that project manager I could never seem to hire and found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 